And welcome back to Pagan World. And we're at the end of our first week. Can you imagine that we've already gotten there? That's right. We have already reached the end of our first week. And I've saved the best for last this week. Um, and that it is. But remember, you can give a call, 319-527-6778. And I want to know, so, so sometimes you don't meet people, but like in Facebook world, especially in our social media world, people catch your attention and do things that are important, but not often seen as, as much as they should be. And one of those people happens to be Chipacon. Fair, uh, Chipacon, I'm just going to go with that instead of all this. And she does a thing called Changing Time, Changing Worlds. It's both a show, it's kind of a group. I've been on it to be open, and also a convention, a conference in November. And, and they ask questions that I think are much older and um, much deeper than I think that most people are used to. So I want to go ahead and start that. Well, Chipicon, welcome to the show. Thank you. Well, it's, it's fun to be on. Uh, I, 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 when, when I started doing what is now otherworldly, uh, we were on blog talk radio. Mm-hmm. So it's a very familiar voice when I uh, called in and hooked up. Yeah, so, uh, absolutely. Well, I think Blog Talk Radio, people, so I've been on the air of Blog Talk Radio since 2009, one way or the other. Uh, This is my newest incarnation, and thank you for everybody who's joining me on this incarnation. And And I do think that communicating through various means, through social media and through other means, have been very important. And you actually... Through the year, COVID years, you actually held together pretty well. I mean, people talk about different projects that worked through it. You worked pretty well. You used Zoom to an effect. You did use uh, YouTube to an effect. You used, uh, and then this year, I believe, was it this year was the first actual physical re- regaining of uh, your your conference? This year, we, we were back and we did hybrid. I had been wanting mm-hmm. to uh, add a uh, virtual component to to the conference for, since the beginning, but mm-hmm. uh, we didn't have the technology. But during the pandemic, we when we switched over and I stopped doing um, the new normal and started doing otherworldly, mm-hmm. we had um, we we switched over to Zoom because the world learned how to Zoom during yeah. the uh, during the pandemic and. Uh, and so this year we were able to have a, a virtual track as well as the live track at the hotel. To me, that's exciting. And I think we can – I'm looking forward to doing it again next year. We'll probably just get better because personally, I'm not the person you talk to about uh, about anything technological. I'm the one I, – I don't have, and I know many people who do, uh, who are of such a high energy or perhaps it's a specific frequency mm-hmm. where we uh, that they stop clocks and uh, their com- their computers they have to, you know sit away from the computer to keep it mm-hmm. from going fluid but that that's not an unusual situation with uh, high energy people we hang with so absolutely not um, as as I, I I mentioned that too a lot of times. Um, 
I, I don't know how many people don't wear watches. I remember when the LED watches came out. Not the hand watches that everybody was so used to, but the LED watches. You know, and people don't remember that today LED watches are like cheap. They're like, you know, toys. And they cost toys. But when they first came out, they were like $1,000, $500. They once watched it. And they had the big, bold visions and the numbers. And I I remember uh, people burning those out. Was, they were infuriating. Um so you do believe that we generate a great deal of energy that is detectable uh, as as practitioners. Okay. I was going to say I learned about it during I, I grew up during my I was teens in the sixties, which they called the occult explosion. And there was a whole lot of you know the, do you believe in ESP? And, and so uh, at one point I, I had a friend of mine who was low energy and sitting at my hand on the back of my head and uh, put some energy in and she's like, Well what did you do? What you let the swoosh dishes swooping in my head? Because in those days it was all we all it uh we were we were practicing, we were experimenting and that's why that's what led to changing times, changing worlds. Uh, if I had a goal in my life, it was going. I wanted to start essentially Professor Xavier's school for talented teenagers. I wanted to be able to offer teachers who could teach people how to use their natural abilities. Because when you have a natural ability and everybody just keeps telling you that it's impossible, you can't possibly have it, then that you can't get very far with it. But I wanted to be able to offer teachers. And so uh, 13, 14 years ago, we, Jane and I decided, Kendall, we, we, well, we'd spent a few years trying to sucker somebody else into running the conference. And we said, oh, well, we can do it. And so we, uh, we set it up and we wanted, we wanted to have something that was more than just an intro to, and to have some intermediate advanced uh, teaching, and we have people. We've got really talented people, not the big names, but we have people who have solid abilities teaching sometimes more advanced stuff. Some, we have been, I have learned that you can be a really advanced person in uh, the tarot and then not know a thing, uh, dowsing, or you can be excellent. Uh, medium and not know anything about runes. And so we have incorporated some beginning classes to get people understanding. We find these to be useful too. <laughs> so, oh, that, so I that think is. The... Go ahead. Hmm? No, oh, no, I was. Okay, so I do think cross disciplines <laughs> are is very important. Um, one of the things that I think that uh, people uh, are, you know, people, one of the things that they, I'm getting back onto radio to do, and yeah, I still call it radio. That's where I started, podcasting, uh, whatever you want to call it, but uh, but it's still a form of that communication, that that wonderful audio communication that allows us some some of the idea of it, and not to worry so much about visual. You can listen to this while you're driving. I hope that if you're seeing this, you can get it, you can Spotify it, you can do Apple it. And you just download it and listen to it whenever you want to. I think that's a very nice thing. I think that's one of the greatest things I think about our society is that 
one of the things you're doing is recording these things, right? You're, you're doing these, you're doing them as shows, but you're also then recording them. They exist in a file. Uh, somewhere on Facebook, uh, I believe, or at least uh, um, out, uh, out on YouTube. And you have a YouTube channel, of course, right? Yeah. I know you've yeah, yeah. been there. Yeah, somebody came up with the idea. So as long as we're recording these uh, on Zoom, we, we, we have the recordings. Why, why don't we put them up on, on YouTube? And I hadn't thought of that. And I said, well, that's clever. And now we have over 100 of them up there. So people could go to the Changing Times, Changing Worlds. Uh, I guess mm-hmm. they call it channel on YouTube. And, uh, That's what it and is. It's a channel. Look for, look for, yeah. Well, I, I'm not really good. I, I find it difficult to keep track of what's the difference between a meme and what's a blog and what's a. I don't have the vocabulary. I'm an old woman oh. stuck in the 20th century. And- and nor do I particularly expect that it is, but you've done a really good job. I really want to talk about more about content. One of the things that, I, or, or that sort of thing is, so one of the places I think that you've always pricked my interest is this idea of history, this idea of, you know, information being passed down. Um, you're one of the leading advocates for uh, preserving our traditions and, and with the fear of, with some, and you're pretty strong about that they're going to be preserved. I I feel that that well, I my, my hobby I was in the Society for Creative Anachronism for I've been in for over fifty years, probably fifty five now, uh, and this is you know it was supposed to be a college hobby, and <laughs> once you get into it, you know, you've already got the costumes, and all your friends are there, so you just keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my, but I'm really focused on history because history is if you have looking at, uh, for instance, um, translating an ancient language, you. Mm-hmm. You get people who are translating things and coming up with completely different things. Somebody right. joked recent, recently that uh, somebody who's translating what we're doing a thousand years from now, how are they going to know the difference between a butt dial and a booty call? I, I've and, seen and that. You see, and you see that in... Many of the translations of the Havamal or or Kemitic or Greek or whatever, and we're trying to glean the wisdom of the ages uh, to use in our modern practices, and yet we yeah. we have to uh, deal with with imperfect translations. So I think the more we can the we can uh, keep. Keep it. It's a, the better to. Uh, I think you say you're a person who is a loved one in the Middle Ages, and she was taking care of probably max 200 people in her little village, mm-hmm. and she gets an apprentice, and she's getting older, and she's teaching them everything. Well, she's not going to bother teaching them about the earth. For a disease that she hasn't seen, and so immediately the things that we don't use get lost. 
So it, it doesn't take much of a historian to, to figure out that you're that we can lose a whole lot. And I, I, and think I tend to, yeah, go go go. So I have another one of those word plays about a thousand years from now, right? And that yeah. is uh, horse horse play and pony play. There's a difference between those two too. <laughs> Yes, uh, another good one. <laughs> yeah, oh, I so love when that. we look at anything in the past, it yeah. they they say that you lose uh, listen uh, ninety percent of all the information is lost every two hundred years. So if you go back to eighteen uh, twenty three, we only have ten percent of what was was there. And then if you go back to sixteen twenty three, you only one percent. And if you go back to uh, 1423, you've only got 0.1%. So by the time you get back to really ancient stuff, you've lost, you're, you're trying to put it together from bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. It's all Motel of the Mysteries stuff. We're, we're making guesses and, and it's like, we don't know what we're doing, which is why UPG and experimentation, I'm very big on experimentation. Try it and see what works. And if yeah. it works, it's real. So, but uh, I think, you know, um, so one of the things I think people don't realize is even on the Internet, right, mm-hmm. that we only have, as of 2023, right, even in, the, in this world of having so much knowledge on the Internet, right, we also have uh, – we have what it looks like only about 15% of all human knowledge is actually on the internet in the cloud. Now, all the new information are being made, but as it goes back further and further, um, a lot of that isn't there. So you still have like in museums and in libraries, tons of information that is not on the internet. Not even close to being on the internet yet. I mean, there are companies that are working. Yeah, I got a and, lot of things that were in books I read when I was when I was mm-hmm. in my teens and twenties, and I have no idea what the book was or what the author was, and it was an interesting thing which I picked up, and now I have no idea to do- how to document it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, the older I've gotten, so, the more time I spent as a historian, the more I want to be able to document, so people can go back and check your sources. That, that's and important. so, so people. I always see see me as a lot as a communicator or kind of a leader or a movement person. But actually, the biggest thing that I do in the community is I'm an archivist. People don't realize that I'm mostly an archivist. Uh, that's the that's my future value to the world. And so, as a historian, how much getting access to the actual information? Because people are talking about physical libraries and physical things. How important is it that people get access to those source materials and who should get access to those source materials you think well uh, just about everybody the thing okay. is that, that it you we we run into the same problem in modern schooling we say well just teach people how to think and don't don't drill them and make them memorize stuff but if you don't have the facts you have nothing to think with you must you must it, – it's like a theory of sports does not translate into the ability to play the sport. 
theory of, but, but you still have to know the rules before you can get out there on the field. Theory of art, you've got to actually, there's the hand-eye coordinate, there's muscle memory. You've got you to gotta do it to, to be able to do it. Psychic stuff. And the book is better than nothing, but experimentation, you've got to do it to when you've done it, for goodness sakes, just write it down and so that somebody else who can't find a mentor, who can't speak the other person, if there's one person, how is anybody going to find that, that rare volume of what they desperately need? Um, yeah, uh, I think the internet is a great place to help you find things, but uh, there's a lot of books out there that are, so few people are interested in, they're not getting on. So, so there's been a See, lot of talk that, lately. That's going to stick in my head, you know. Now that you said only 15% of the knowledge is out there, I'm going to repeat that to other people. And I don't that's know true. if that's true or not, but I'm, I'm going to repeat it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, 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 it's judged based on how much volume of books that have not been incorporated. Um, it doesn't include data. So one of the things is, so data is different from the record of history. And um, and people don't know what it means. So the computer has been really good at creating data. And data is all of the information of how we live. But the actual – right? And, you know, it's mm -hmm. our names, our addresses. You know, the, the, the face isn't really learning so much as it is data. And it's a communication system. It's kind of like an old party thing. So it's, it's useful in the future. Twitter's – you know, the entirety of Twitter now acts – Actually, there's a machine in the Library of Congress which records every single tweet that's on there and has since the beginning. So there is some of those preservationist movement of digital material. But, oh, the great – I can never pronounce his name, but GT, uh, great director of Labyrinth um, and so many movies has been crying out, says we need to save physical copies of things. So he's been talking a lot about physical copies, not just what we have on the Internet. But as far as books go, books that have not been there, bibliographies, oh, no, we haven't even touched it. I mean, you've got massive libraries at Oxford. They're, they're still working on it year after year, and they have, like, hundreds of thousands of copies of books online. You have the University of Barcelona, which dates back to 1100 A.D. We've been preserving a lot of knowledge. That's why when you see certain types of heretics, certain types of anti-knowledge heretics, or, I mean, one-wayers, they go after libraries because they know any given book, any given thought can lead to a new revolution or evolution yep. in the human intellect. And it just has to match from the right mind to the right, to the right book, and it can change the way the world looks like it. And I think that's always been a fear. And I think that's one thing that I think our magical books are constantly doing. No matter what people think, they're constantly moving that. Arrow. And today, pub, uh, Pagan Publishing, printing, the books that are out, has never been bigger. Never been more books. Never. 
uh, we're printing more yeah. books. Huh? It's, it's, it's nice to have, especially say small, small press, like a print on demand of revolution. If you I just lost you there. Are you there? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm just saying that, that, that a publishing, if you can't sell a certain number of volumes, well, I have it, but we've got on publishing, it's there waiting for somebody to find out the sale loan and they send them off a copy. Right. That will make things available that nobody, that the, the number of people who want it, they may want it desperately, but if yeah. it's not there, they can't get it. And so for uh, weird, uh, unusual, small numbers, uh, on the other hand, I don't think that mm-hmm. uh, psychics, I don't think that pagans, I don't think that people who have seen ghosts, I don't think that people involved in spooky foo stuff are small mm-hmm. numbers. I think that they are the vast majority because I've talked to so many people who, you know, your, your car mechanic or, or somebody you bump into in the grocery store, they all have had some psychic experience some magical experience and they have nobody to talk to about it because our society has said you don't talk about this this is not it talking about magic in the modern world is like talking about sex in victorian england everybody does it but nobody is supposed to talk about it we are it, nobody is supposed to admit that they use energy healing or they use dowsing or they use divination or that they talk to dead people. And yet we all freaking do it. Maybe everybody doesn't do everything, but not everybody has any other talent. You might be incredibly talented uh, physically like Tom Brady. Or you could be terribly, uh, you know, Stephen Hawkins, brilliant. Uh, or you could be uh, very talented. At, so I get frustrated because people assume if you're an artist, you do all kinds of art. No, no. You can, if, you, if you draw, that doesn't mean you can sculpt. If you, it doesn't mean you can paint. If you paint, you do music. Some people are polymaths and can do all those things. They're very sure. few. So most of them have different talents. But I mean, yeah, and no. and it's the same thing with psychic talents. Is that some people have to be telepathic and not be clairvoyant at all. You can be, I am not you know, I, I talk to bugs, how's that for a useless talent? But you know uh but uh on the well, other hand, useless. you know, I, I I can't no, not it isn't useless. If there's a if there's a moth in the bathroom I could call the moth and take it out. But I'll tell you one thing, cockroaches have a very short attention span. I could tell them which direction to go, and they would go in that direction, and then they would stop after about six inches, shake their heads, and then start wandering ra- randomly again. It's, mm-hmm. it's very, it, bugs have short attention span. 
I had when I was a kid over my Mm. <laughs> um, but so there's a lot of talents out there that that don't get a whole lot of press. We all like everybody is afraid that other people can find out their secrets, and that's why they don't like psychics because everybody mm. wants their privacy, and they therefore they don't want psychic abilities to be real because they won't be able to keep their secrets. If they only knew how very little we could actually find out. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll tell you, marketers do Facebook, the Facebook yeah. marketing devices marketing. knows That's more about much, you than any site. Yeah, they know a oh, lot yeah. about you. you. Well, the idea of privacy, honest with you, the idea of privacy, any form of real privacy is essentially is a 20th century invention. It didn't exist yeah, on the prior other to hand, that. You know, people don't realize that. You need a psychic to tell you that the reason that you have been resisting X all your life Mm -hmm. is because in your previous lifetime, you were locked in a closet. Or in a previous lifetime, you Mm -hmm. died in a fire or whatever. You need a psychic for that because you're not going to be able to pick that up anywhere else. So, Mm. And then when you find out... And suddenly it's like, oh, that makes sense. And then you can move on. So there's a lot of useful things, a lot of very useful things that psychics can help you with that nobody else can. And why can't we? I just, I think I'm a palmist. And I Mm -hmm. think it would be so useful if people in HR, human resources, did palmistry because they wouldn't like people up with by using their resume they would look at this but no you should never never be at a desk or oh yeah you're very good at details you know it's like oh no you you're a big picture person but you suck at finishing things and you can tell that from a person but you imagine what would happen a business that somebody found out that their human resources person was using palmistry God, no, that's that's witch that that that's witch stuff, you know. Well, you, I that, lost that's a job. I lost a job over astrology. Um, so okay, so, astro- yeah, tell me that. So yeah, there was I, a I need gentleman. To hear that so the late great, uh, the late great Guy Spiro of Chicago of the Monthly Aspectarian, a magazine that was thirty years very important to the community. Um, uh, during the height of it, I wanted a job with him selling magazine ads. I was doing some other stuff and I thought that would be a great job. And he took my astrology. He said, nope, you will quit in a year with me. There's no way you're going to make it with me. And he did a bunch of other stuff telling me, and it's been very surprising. It was my, it was like, I was like 30. No, it was just before I was 30. And oh my gosh, because of my astrology and how he saw the chart of what I was going to do, he wouldn't let me work for his magazine. We did a radio <laughs> show together later, but he wouldn't let me sell ads for his magazine. Okay. Yeah. And so is that well, fair? Well, I mean, is I mean, he saw, saw all sorts of things uh, across, uh, a, a very important stellium that I've ran into, you know, these sort of things. Um, but, you know, see, but that felt very unfair because I was very talented and I was a good salesman. Um, 
But yeah, I guess the answer, it, it, your answer might have been, oh, well, what's wrong with me doing a good job for a year and then going on to something else? Oh no, I just <laughs> let him win. I was just like, guy, okay, fine, whatever. Um, you know, just, the idea that you should do the same thing forever is silly. Right. Yeah. None um, of us does the same thing forever. I mean, we're good friends after and everything else, but I mean, that would be very hard to explain to somebody. Well, oh, we're just going to do it on astrology, especially since there's been this counter movement of both anti-witchcraft, anti-things from Christians. But you also have to understand that the scientific method has put pressure on it, too. I mean, we don't have a lot of what you would call real scientific information. We're starting to acquire it of this. We don't have things that are rigorous by uh, scientific standards. So that's the other side of it, too. Well, the other other side of that is that people don't understand science anyway. There was a book uh, called The Psychic Conceit in which the guy was talking about how it would be so wonderful to, that that it was ridiculous to believe that that Dr. Rhine's so-called evidence, he only found two people in in about 50 years who could... uh, get every card right uh, like excuse me every card you found two people that got every card right that that's Im- freaking almost impossible that definitely proves that there's something going on and if he had people who could get it more than 50 and that's statistically that, and that, significant but they don't understand statistical significance the fact but that even you then, can that test doesn't exist well, i I've, I've studied that one I love the Ryan scientists. Actually, next year, folks, as part of uh, Witch College, I'm actually going to have an automated uh, psychic ESP machine that's going to allow people to test themselves over and over again and keep records of it. Because now, what you're about I to say. I keep telling people, one of the coolest things about palmistry, and I think, and I, I will stop in the middle of a, a card reading or a uh, rune reading or something and say, look, here, look at the palms here. You're dominant hand is constantly changing your the hand don't use very as much changes exceptionally slowly over your life so it's basically where you started this was what you're doing if you compare the two of them you can see all the changes you've done in your life if you look at your future you get any kind of it's important that's what it looks like from right now and if you change the way you're dealing with things the lines on your hand change to reflect that. See, look, this is very. I look at it and I said, from my uh, hand, I, you, you'd look and you'd say, oh, I should be dead when I was 35 or so. But if you look now, I'm, I'm going to live to be ancient and, and crippled. <laughs> but, but, yeah, it's what you do changes your future. And the fact that you can change your future is probably the most important thing for anybody who's getting a reading to, to know. You need to know that your future is malleable. And so I, I think that's, that is the cool thing about palmistry is when people, I, I, I tell people, get, get your palm print done and then get it done every year or two afterwards and you can watch how you're changing your future how you change your life through your choices and what you decide to do. 
people need to know that I, you know, there are people out there who look at your their a reading, whether it was a tarot reading, or whether it is a palm reading, or whether whatever somebody is looking in the crystal ball, and they mm-hmm. say, "Oh, good, my my fate is sealed." No, it's not. It, Freaking almost never sealed. Okay, you fall off a building, the chances are very good you're going to hit hard. <laughs> but most things have you they've got wiggle room. And people need to know that. Um, and and it's it's one of the good things that you can do with readings is to you can say, okay, what are my options? What's the of my options? Which one is going to be the best for me in this area of my life? Which is going to be the best for me in that area? If I move to Minnesota and take that job, what's it going to mean? Well, it's going to be really hard on your relationship with your family. But you make a lot of money. I said, well, if I do, if I stay here, it was like, okay, well, you won't have as much money, but you can be, you're going to have a really, great, you're more likely to meet a person who you're going to absolutely fall in love with. That type of thing gives you a lot more information that you can't get anywhere else. And I'm always telling people, the first thing you do is to use your brain, and then you Google or, or do your research. And then when there's things that you can't get anywhere else, then you go to the psychic. And they're reading because they'll tell you things you can't find by googling. But always do the damn <laughs> internet search first, and don't take it right there. I mean, how many of the modern kids never go to the inside of a library? They figure if they can't find it, on, there's enough information out there. They don't ever have to go to a library because there's a, to fulfill the teacher's requirements. <laughs> so. <laughs> Go to a book. See, I, I, so I'm a big believer uh, of teaching liter- literacy. Um, you won't find me talking about cursive because I never did cursive in my entire life. Never wrote it. Uh, I could read it, but I never wrote very it because I didn't do any research. What's that? It's going to be I hard for you to do research for anything that's more than uh, more than. Oh no, a I can read years. cursive. I can read it, but okay. I've never used. But I've never used it. Um, oh, okay. But I, I, but I tell people cursive is is going to be the next generation's old English. Nobody, when we were doing school, nobody could read old English. It's not the same as it is now. English two hundred years ago. I mean, any good constitutionalist knows the language two hundred years ago was radically different than the languages today. We have got so many more layers to it. I think that I, is something. I tell people to go back to old movies. If you yeah. think that language has become static, go to old movies and listen to the cadence of how mm-hmm. people spoke in, when the talkies first started, and then listen to the cadence of, in the 50s, and then listen to the cadence in the 70s. And you know, we're talking, mm-hmm. we speak differently, the language evolves. And if that's just, we may be using the same words, but oh, sure. the how we're speaking is different, and, and you can hear it just in the few years when we've had film. Yeah, and, and, and it spreads. And I, I do. Yeah, you're right. And um, we're adding like three thousand words a year to the language on a more more or less permanent basis, according to the Oxford Dictionary <laughs> Systems. Um, the words that they're recognizing, they're saying like three, we're adding 3,000 to 5,000 words. Now, they don't incorporate it into the main dictionary, but they have this thing called a temporary dictionary, uh, or the decades long, and it's slang dictionaries where they think these words 
may make it into a more permanent situation. But they talk about that we have like we we lose words all the time too. Where we give them up. Oh God. I Lots mean, of words. and when things become more popular, I I don't think that when I was oh God, and I was the I, I don't think in my fifties that I knew the word chocolate. I think everybody knows it these days. Mm-hmm. Um, Ten years ago, if you weren't European, you'd never heard of Krampus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now everybody knows from Krampus. And yeah. If you try to look at, for instance, uh, Wicca, mm-hmm. people think of witches and they think modern witches these days, or they will think of the fairy tale witches or the historical witches being quote unquote burned at the stake. Okay, well, you know what? Mm-hmm. For the ones who actually were burned, that was the critical information. And right. they did do that, and the vile, horrible thing. And how could people do that? I don't get it. But, but it, what a witch means, uh, for example, in Scooby Doo and the Witch's Ghost, uh, they they said, well, she was the old witch who was burned at Salem. Yeah, right. And the good witch was a Wiccan, and she was all healing and like. Oh my God! They didn't have Wiccans two hundred years ago, but that's how that that's that's what they're. You know, anybody who wanted to watch a good Scooby Doo movie, and it was a fun Scooby Doo movie, is going to get that bad information. There's a lot of bad information people get out of movies. Of course yet, they did. And, movies, yeah, of course you, they did. But they did the same thing. Okay. I will argue they did the same thing to the Catholics. I mean, uh, they did a lot of, you know, we, we see this in movies a lot. What I find equally as remarkable, though, is that even for that back then, right, with kids' cartoon, have you seen the modern mm-hmm. ones? Have you seen the modern ones? They've radically changed. And they're giving out information. There's a full-fledged called the Wish, uh, uh, Wishy Poo. Or the Wishapu show, and it has absolutely everything for shamanism. It's a shaman-based cartoon that is mainstream, yeah. and they never they never mention the mainstream. I do think <laughs> I do think that fiction, when you see these things in fiction, the information can be bad. Certainly, anyone who knows anything about documentaries and all of that knows that they are are constantly filled with bad information, and you have to search it out. Right, but there's no. Yeah. But the, what? But I always say this: unless if they it makes their interest interest enough to remember it, that means they're open to have it changed. I mean, they're open to think about it. Right? You're not getting people who watch Scooby Doo and go, "Oh, I saw Scooby Doo when they meet a real wicked." Go, "Oh no, that was Scooby Doo." People will change their minds. Yeah, I, think, I, I like to think that people are smart enough to recognize the difference between humor and uh, right. and, and fiction and, and uh, documentary. And we're seeing that all over. And we're seeing that all over pop culture. Um, yeah. But what I'm you, afraid of it. Look at the people who believe in Fox News. It, yeah. <laughs> you, there, there are people out there who believe in it. You know, God said it, so that I believe it. It's like, uh uh, what do you mean God said it? Well, it's in the Bible, so God must have said it. Uh, do you know how that was created? Why do they call it the Septuagint? It's like it was created by committee. 
And <laughs> and that was, and I was like, okay, let's everybody write down your version, and we'll we'll go with whatever's got the most. This is what you get out of history: is you get a a great perspective on on how people work, and uh, and it, it it's a little sometimes it makes you a little dubious because there's there's people out there that that. I don't know. You go to any festival and you're going to find a couple of teenagers who have just discovered that they can do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and they're so full of themselves that it makes you want to weep. But yeah. at the same time, the, this is our future and and they won't be teenagers forever. No. I mean, so, teenagers are, you know, teenagers mm-hmm. always grow up. So it's, Okay. Yeah, so usually, I, <laughs> people did so, in, our, in my place. They think, no, not always. <laughs> yeah, but, so no, I, but I understand of, that. I I do understand. But um, we're very fortunate in the Wiccan pagan community, especially the Wiccan community, and especially in, in the tradition that I've that I work and practice with. We basically have now um, our entirety, almost the entirety of the uh, Corellian tradition now is all millennials started in their teenage years with us in various ways. And some are, are in their 20s. And now after 20-something years, I mean, they're young compared to us, but they're taking over and doing great work. I do think that's one of the greatest things about the, the speed in which we're able to pass on knowledge in a more intense way, that they're able to take leadership roles at a good time instead of waiting until something else happens. And I, I think that is because of it. But one of the things I have a hard time with, I have a lot of source material. What do I mean? Direct interviews, one-on-one interviews, and discussions, and audio, and all of that. And in there, I will tell you, I have highly conflicting ideas of how our history works. People do not see it the same. And that's I think, is going to be the most remarkable thing in the future, because I've got stories from a couple of different angles at a couple of different places. And it's interesting because right now there's a big fight about traditions and where they started. And man, <laughs> they don't match. Some of the stuff doesn't match what they're saying today with saying back then. And I think that's where I think is going to be history. You can't actually do any of that until a career until until you know, until an age is over. But man, when they go back to it they're going to fight contradictions. They're going to be fighting over this. Yeah. Hey, uh, well, when been... I, back, back in when I first realized I was a pagan, uh, and I kind of really don't think you convert to paganism. I think you realize you are one, and then you mm-hmm. move on from there. But when I, I first did it, the, the model we had was Wicca. And mm-hmm. when I was studying the Norse traditions, I discovered the handmaidens of Frigga and I start I actually started and wrote up a handmaiden Wicca uh, uh, that would use incorporate the handmaidens of, of Frigga one of whom was the gatekeeper one of whom was the message taker one of whom was the uh, keeper of the treasure and mm-hmm. one of and like and there were 12 of them and Frigga made 13 and I 
had some people who joined and we were starting to do stuff and thank goodness i mean i've been blessed in my life with a lot of failures that saved my ass and this was one of them the if i had gotten that going there would be probably scattered covens of handmaiden wicca out there with people who had been doing it for 30 40 40 yeah. years now and i would be the old lady who would who was the the uh, ancient but like, oh my goodness i am so lucky that i dropped that ball and went on to something else because it it was bullshit it was total bullshit that i was taking bits and pieces from one thing and making something else and i just feel so very lucky that i never actually continued to finish well, that because that would have been horrible Let's be, let's be honest. Uh, what was his name? Which um, uh, was the stupidest thing. For instance, he, he in, in Saxon had the Sax instead of the Athame, which was the two-sided blade where the other, where they, in some traditions, they have a white handle and a black handle. And he had the sax with a double-sided blade. Excuse me. In Anglo-Saxon history, this sax was a single-bladed uh, sword or, or long knife. And he was just, he, I mean, that's what I think that I got saved from is, you know, some, he got interested in Saxons, and so we made Sax Wicca. I don't know if anybody out there is practicing it anymore. Oh, no, sure. I was Actually, very, it's still I out there. Very, I very excited when I heard because I was doing Anglo-Saxons in the SCA, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, cool. Maybe he's got some information on how the, the Anglo-Saxons practiced ancient paganism. Wait. That would be wonderful. I got the book, and I was like, he, he's... He, He's, he's got a lot of stuff in here, and most of it's wrong. Well, most and of it. And if I could historically accurate. So uh, this will be very interesting <laughs> uh, in the future because I have a strong opinion about history, right? And and it's different than this. All of this, remember, 70,000 years ago, as far as we can tell, the imagination was woken up in a way – that hadn't been before. And humans began to build stories. So we're starting to come to the point where we're finding out the universe is made up of stories. And what's important is that, I think this is where Wicca comes in, paganism comes in. You didn't protect yourself from it. It just wasn't your calling. And instead you went on to other callings. It isn't because one was bad. It was just not your calling. It wasn't your truth. But when it is your right, but I think that's one of the things I think I keep talking about the elders are trying to preserve the wrong thing. They did something better, and uh, a lot of the elders did something so much better than they're trying to make claims for. You know, they're trying to make claims of history and first subs and this church and that church, and and I like okay, I've got all that records, tons of records, and some of it matches, some of it doesn't. But what I come away with more than anything else is that they loved a community into existence. It wasn't all of that material. It was their strong 
love and relationships that develop the festivals, that develop the home circles, that develop the events, that develops up all the rituals that were held in public places and pagan pride. None of that was because of one athame or one item over another. It was because of the strong relationships. And I think we're really oh, yeah. starting to learn that, that they love the community mm-hmm. existence. So I think these minor, some of these points that people go into don't realize that they, of what the value of those relationships, we're still talking about them. Hmm? And I think that's one of the things that I'm, what's that? We could have suffered under a huge handicap that it really had a high priest, high priestess who generally were husband and wife, boyfriend, girlfriend. And you know mm-hmm. what happens when I am awakened after all. Sure, I'd love to hear what happens. Uh, and and therefore they uh and and that I it's very hard a group together when it's got that sexual visits and a lot of early And you witch wars or then you have people doing things different ways. They're doing and, but then any time you have people that, that they said such and such about me and, and the friends would take anybody can forgive somebody else for what they did, but nobody wants to forgive somebody who hurt their friend or hurt their loved one. And that's, I think, the source of the root We need to, mm-hmm. you know, we care so much. But... I think we need to have yeah. more, uh, more, more understanding, more, more ability to to deal with each other, and and the secrecy. It, secrecy was important. You had to keep things, and it's not just pagans. It's not just witches. There was uh, a wonderful story I heard from a uh, woman. Uh, was uh, you know assigned to a roommate when she got to college, and the um, and and when she started she was Jewish and she started lighting the Shabbat candles for Friday night. Her roommate was like, "Oh my God, you can't do that here! You, the window, the, you haven't got the shades down." And so what? What are you talking about? You you can't do that. The, the prayers you're saying those that has to be done in the basement where nobody can see. And so this is Shabbat. I'm Jewish. I'm doing the. They said that's not Jewish. That's that's what that's our family thing that we do, where nobody can see it. And, and they had been Jews who had gotten so deep in the closet they completely forgot they were Jewish. They had to do all the Jews. But they they had started as Jews, but then they kept it so secret they forgotten that they were Jewish. They were just this was just this thing that their it was very important that their family did. And I worry that some that secrecy can result in similar things for well, any any group that it's in, they think it's important to stay secret. You know, there's a difference between being discreet and then keeping things terribly secret. It's uh, there. There's a danger in secrecy that. Uh, well, um, and yet, yeah, it's, uh, absolutely. 
but we're coming to the top of our time, and uh, so I oh, want to no, thank you, you are, for being okay. here. And so, <laughs> well, thank you here's for what I want. Me. Um, no problem, and we'll be inviting you back more because I said, like I've been telling people, I'm building to something, folks. This is not just going to be your ordinary show, but this is going to be how we're going to create connection in a community, and this is one of the more important connections in the end of this first week. Uh, Chippecon, why don't you tell us how we can get a hold of you, or how could they enter your world a little bit more? Well, I, I am pretty much open, <laughs> having just been talking about doing mm-hmm. secrets. I, I'm on I'm on uh, Facebook, which is um, the, the name is Chippecon. It's got a silent T there, so it's T C H I P. A, K is in kite, K is in kite, two Ks, A is an apple, and N, Chippecon. And I'm on Facebook, and you can find me there, and um, Changing Times, Changing Worlds has got a group and a page, and uh, the Changing Times, Changing Worlds is uh, too long, so we, we changed the website to uh, ctcw.net. Or is it .com? Terrific, and those will be all in the, uh, on the show pieces. Yeah, so it's just, the show is otherworldly, and that's on Zoom, and uh, that the, um, and all of the different things we talk about are on the uh, CPCW website. So anybody wants yeah. to see a show every, every uh, uh, what's it called, what, Wednesday, Live on Zoom, or you can go to the, the YouTube and watch it on Zoom. Terrific. Live. <laughs> yeah. So it is something worth doing. It's fun. I like getting people to try new things. Uh, yep. We can't move forward. <laughs> And so, but with that, thank you. And there you go, folks. And uh, and have a great holiday. We'll be back with that with more. So, folks, Chippecon, I hope that you enjoyed that. I hope that was a, a great opening, great uh, ability to listen. In about an hour or two, you know, it'll be processed and you'll be able to listen to it forever. The answers are Dawn's our ancestors and how we're going to preserve our history in the future. And this was a great conversation about the past, as you heard. This is a great conversation about the present and where one of our great uh, thought leaders are, are out there talking about it and doing more than that, doing over 100 shows of Otherworldly, doing more information into the world and really discussing the ideas of it. And we need more people to do that sort of thing. All right, folks, the auction is up. As you know, we've done, we're have done. we doing an auction both on eBay and on Pagan World. I don't know how it is on that, but if you go to Pagan World TV on eBay, um, you will be able to bid on some items. We love that fact that you can bid on some items. Uh, and we'll be adding more, uh, a bit more to that. And so let me really quick look where it is. And uh, so you go there, but Pagan, yeah. So, yep. Um, there you go, Pagan World TV. We have items like teacups and things like that, and some of them have bids. They're, you know, many days out, and so we do so. But we hope that you will continue to consider supporting in bids. We'll have more information on that on tomorrow.
tomorrow's show. Well, folks, that's me. That's it. And uh, what do you want to know? Let us know what you want to know. You can always check out my Facebook book. You can find me. Where can you find me? Everywhere. Who am I? Ed the Pagan. Have a great night, folks. And blessed be.